Welcome to the Playing Hooky Podcast with your hosts, Rachel and Nathan, brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com, consistently rated adequate. Welcome, everybody, to the Playing Hooky Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We'll use one of those. Okay. (laughs) All right. Very good. So what are we talking about today, Nathan? Um, Well, we we watched a couple of movies, and normally we try to, like, sit down and we brainstorm, and we're like, "What, what can we do that's, like, very similar... Um, but like slightly different, like maybe like I'll pick a sci-fi movie or, or Rachel will pick a sci-fi movie or, you know, we'll pick a comic book, mm-hmm. but we both just had movies and, um, we, we were kind of like, oh, I, Rachel, she was like, I, I really want you to see black beauty, right? Black beauty for people that don't know. It's a movie about a horse essentially. Yep. Right. Yep. And I was like, based on a book about a horse. Right. Right. And, uh, it's a pretty old story, you know, it's classic tale. And uh, I had, of course, never seen it and never heard of it and knew nothing about it other than it's a movie about a black horse. And I was like, what do I have that's like animal related or like a kid's movie ish or or anything like that? And I had nothing. And so I was like, well, what could I present that's like exactly not even exactly, but like completely opposite of that movie. Mm-hmm. And I think I did a fair job as far as like complete opposites were concerned. Yeah. And it was only after you finished watching it where I was like, I'm pretty sure that we both had this same reaction, but for completely opposite reasons. Yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll have to dig into that. So you're very good at, at the buildup, but uh-huh. you never really deliver. Yeah, so the movie yeah. was Dance with the Devil. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> so, I, don't, I, don't, I don't deliver because... You, you set it up for me and I spiked the ball. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we watched Black Beauty and Dance with the Devil. Um, I chose Black Beauty. Nathan chose Dance with the Devil. And um, anyway, so before we get started in talking about uh, the movies, I'm going to drop my phone. And I had wanted to thank someone who gave us a very nice review on iTunes. Oh, thank sweet. you to God Emperor uh, 0716. Um, we really liked your review. So that was really awesome. And if you want to read his review, then you should go look at our iTunes and maybe give us a little star, a couple stars here or there. Let us know what you think. Yes. I believe that rating us on iTunes does help us in some way, although I don't exactly know how. I think it helps bump us up in the algorithm if people are searching for topic things. Although I don't know how that works because you don't really title any of our episodes that would indicate to people that that's what they would be listening to. So I don't know how any of it works. There's a whole algorithm that they use. Um, but I don't care. I like doing the podcast. I don't either. I don't either. I, I, we're, we're a podcast. You listen to us or you don't anyway. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about black beauty and dance with the devil. I think it's safe to say neither one of us really enjoyed the movies that we watched, uh, respectively. Um, I'm going to let you, Talk about Black Beauty first. Well, Black Beauty is pretty cool because I think it's a movie. Whoa, 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 whoa. Huh. You can't like just say like, <laughs> oh, I can't say like, oh, you didn't like it. And then you'd be like, well, it's a pretty cool movie because. But you didn't let me finish the because. All right. Finish your because. Sean Bean doesn't die in it. That's true. Sean Bean is in this movie and he does not die. Yeah. So if you don't yeah. know who Sean Bean is, I don't know what you've been doing with your life. But Sean, Sean Bean. It plays Eddard Stark in uh, Game of Thrones, and spoiler alert, he dies. Yeah, he dies, and he, he's as a character even, actor, he's kind of like well known for dying. And everything. yeah, yeah, it's 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 common knowledge amongst people who watch media, which is probably all of you. So anyway, 
Sean, De- Sean Bean does not die, but he has a very, very short appearance in the movie. So this movie came out um, in 1994. So there are a lot of now famous uh, British actors in the movie, um, specifically Sean Bean and Daniel Fluis, I think is his name. Uh, and uh, he played, uh, he was in the Harry Potter movies. Um, but he was in this movie as well before he kind of got bigger and famous. Um but anyway, Black Beauty is uh, it's a Warner Brothers film that I accidentally thought was a Disney film. Why did you think it was a Disney film? I don't know, because it's uh, it's it just it, it kind of like has a Disney feel. I just thought that it was Disney. Yeah, it's, think, it's a kid's uh, movie. You know, it's a kind of a standard kid's movie. Yeah. So it's about a horse that uh, he he's a black horse. That's beautiful. <laughs> and yes. uh, hence the name. And uh, it's kind of the tale of the horse being, you know, kind of moved around from place to place and all the terrible things that happened to the horse and beautiful and terrible. There are good things and bad things. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, the horse narrates, but like, I, it was, it was very confusing to me why the horse would narrate, but like the horse speaks English in his narration, but like the horse can't talk. So it was like, he had people thoughts, but couldn't verbalize them. It was, I don't know. It, it was like, it was one of those things where I was watching the movie and I was like, Right off the bat, I was like, oh, this is probably not going to have anything for me that's enjoyable. And, uh, um, yeah, well, so here's, here's something good about my experience that you, you gave to me. Um, I, uh, I'm learning more and more that I'm not nearly as smart as I think I am. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, because I learned that a pony isn't just a baby horse. That's, that's true. (laughs) So, so a little bit more about black beauty. So, uh, you know, Black Beauty is is born and he has a great life in the pasture with his mom, but eventually he he grows up a bit and he gets sold and he gets sold into a, um, a family that has a large estate, and um, he lives on this very large, beautiful estate with several um, other horses. And one of the animals that lives on the estate is a pony named Mary Legs, and <laughs> which is the best name. I've yeah, ever. so that's the so the kind of the the beginning half of the movie focuses on Black Beauty's time at this um, estate with his um, sort of like girlfriend, Ginger, who's a beautiful red horse, and then um, Mary Legs, who is a uh, white pony. And Mary Legs is kind of like the pet uh, horse of the two daughters in the family of the estate. And so we're watching the movie, and there's this one part where Mary Legs kind of uh, gets away because the little girl's older brother is picking on the girls and, you know, the the older brother tries to ride Mary Legs and, and the horse, the pony's just not having it. He's like, get get the, get the fuck off me, kid. And so whatever. And, and we're just eventually like Mary Legs gets away and he runs back to his stable and gets in his stall. And as this is happening, I say to Nate and I'm like, yeah, man, ponies are ponies are mean. And Nate goes, yeah, I hear they bite you. And then I don't know what you said, but you said something like, yeah, like, you know, they I, they must be like really mean until they grow up or something. I, that is, that yeah. is what I said. And yeah. I was like, I was like, what do you mean? No, like, I'm pretty sure your adult ponies are pretty mean too. And you go, well, no, because because they, they, they become horses. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, a pony is, is not, I was like, do you think a pony is a baby horse? <laughs> And he goes, yeah, like that's what a pony is. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like a pony is like, like 
kind of like a pygmy horse. Like it's like there are smaller versions of people, right? And I, didn't know that. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, it's just like a little horse. It's not a baby horse. I was like, a baby horse is a foal. And and it's like, oh, how would I have ever known that? Yeah, no, I, I honestly <laughs> I thought that ponies were just like adolescent horses. Nope. They were like they were not babies because you know the baby horse still has to stay with 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 mom. Yeah, but like a pony is just like a medium, like an adolescent horse, like a not fully grown. No, it's just a smaller version of a horse. This yeah. changes everything. Yeah, right. Because I always just thought like baby horses were assholes. No, baby horses are just baby horses. Right, but right. all ponies are assholes. I yeah. didn't know. So yeah, as you can tell, I'm not a big animal guy. So yeah. going into this. Um, I, I, I was like, I don't know anything about horses other than like you put them on wagons and they carry shit or people that are, have a lot of money ride them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like also it, I, it's not, it's not just that I didn't know anything about horses. It's also that I didn't care. <laughs> um, it's very much, I, I don't care. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah. So watching the movie, only Black Beauty narrates and talks, and none of the or- other horses talk. But like, here was the big thing that I had. Here, here's why. Like, I I'm just gonna flat out state like, here's the first reason I didn't like the movie. Yeah. Um. The there's a lot of live horses in the movie, and you know you can tell that these horses are trained and like they they're like quote unquote like actor horses. Mm-hmm. However, there are a lot of like scenes in the movie. Um, where like the horses are falling down and getting hurt and like, uh, you know, it, it honestly was like, it, it was just kind of unsettling to me because I kept thinking about that dog movie that came out like two years ago where like, you know, it was, it was all about like, you know, all these dogs were in it. I didn't see it. I don't know what it's called. It doesn't matter. You can look it up on your own, but apparently, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking apparently about. there, there's like a bunch of dogs that were like hurt during the making of the movie and people freaked out. And that's probably why you've never heard of the movie. Because like dogs were hurt making it, and I'm I'm watching this, and I don't know any of the details about how this movie got made, or or you know if there was any you know horses that were injured, but like it very much like kind of made me flinch, and it was a little cringy, and I, I felt like it was a tiny bit exploitative of horses. <laughs> right? It's, I I know I know that's like a really like not my reaction that you would normally expect, but. Um, yeah, it was just, that's the kind of how I felt about it. And also like, well, I mean, at the end of the movie, they did say, they did (sighs) name all the horses that were in the movie and they did say that none of the horses in this movie, um, were harmed in the filming of this movie. So I think that's fair. Now, can I say with 100% certainty that, you know, that's true? No, I mean, it's possible that there were horses that were injured in the movie, but I think no more like like I I will say this. Uh, I think it's a credit to the cinematography if if no horses were injured because mm-hmm. um okay so so here's here's the thing. I don't think that this movie is any worse for the treatment of horses than say any season of Game of Thrones. Yeah. No, I, I would agree with you. I think probably the reason why you had the reaction you did, I'm just I'm speculating is because whether you meant to or not, you were kind of empathizing with the main character and it's hard for you to see an animal suffer. And there are a couple of parts in the movie where like Black Beauty is, you know, being ridden by someone who's drunk and then he falls and he injures his legs. And there's another scene where, 
you know, he's being whipped and he's having to carry a bunch of grain up a really heavy right. and he gets a really heavy hill. And then there's another scene where they have like a, a different horse who's playing Black Beauty, like where he's he's very old and skinny and things like that. Right. And it's hard. Right. It's really touching and it's difficult to see animals suffer. Now, I'll totally, totally accept the fact that probably it's... It, there are people who are going to be very upset to see any animal used in this way for our entertainment, whether it's in the circus or for the sake of a movie. I get that. And I, I, I understand where those people are coming from. Um, that's not something I've ever struggled with watching this movie. And it's probably because, you know, there was a point in my life where I did work around horses and I, they're assholes. <laughs> and so I have like a little bit <laughs> um, of a, of a different perspective, but um yeah, so that's that's what I'll say about that. So that's the first reason you didn't like it was because you thought it was exploitive of horses. What's another reason you didn't like it? Um, well, another reason why I didn't like it was because I found it to be a very, like, it's a, it's a story that's told from the perspective of the horse. Yeah. But, like, the horse has, like, a very human understanding of things. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like, there was a story going on in the background with other characters that I was never able to actually zero in on and like focus human on. characters. Right. Because the horse only can tell you what happens from the horse's perspective. And so for me, I didn't find it to be a very, very compelling story. Yeah. Um, and also it's a period piece. So mm -hmm. um, I don't particularly care for like period pieces. Not a fan um, of late 1800s. No, no, it's England. Like, it's like it's honestly like my least favorite era of storytelling. Really? Yeah. Um. So like basically the Victorian age. Like yeah. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm I'm trying very hard to come to terms with liking parts of it, mm -hmm. but for the most part, I just find it like it's kind of like a boring waiting room until the Industrial Revolution. Like, <laughs> okay. It's just like. You know, it's not as compelling as like the, you know, the middle ages. It's not as compelling as like the 1920s to me. Right. And so like. So basically everything from about 1700 to 1900, you're kind of meh. Yeah, I, I really, I, I could take it or leave it. Right. Quite frankly. Um, there there are some exceptions. Um, obviously, there's good stories told in every era. But this one, you know, specifically. Also, it's, it's English and... Um, there were actually periods of time in this movie and maybe it just speaks to how good they did at making it, but there's like people talking and I'm like, I have no fucking clue what that person just said. Yeah. Like, it's not that they didn't enunciate in a way clearly that we couldn't understand, but they were just using like verbiage and, yeah. and you know, wording of the day. Yeah. Like I know that person just said something in English, but I don't have a clue what it is because their words all strung together. Don't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it it was one of those things I feel like if I had seen the movie, you know, if, if I had been nine or 10 years old when the movie came out, it probably would have been very compelling to me. And, um, but it, you know, seeing it as an adult, I was just like, well, this, you know, this movie's not. Yeah. Nate, Nate's comment about 20 minutes in is like, oh boy, this movie is just a bunch of horses running around, isn't it? And I was like, yeah, it's a lot of horses <laughs> right. running around. Right. And you know, it's, it. I guess maybe it's just, you know, I, I couldn't really get into it, but I could tell like the movie had meaning to you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's no way this movie is possibly going to have the same level of impact on me. Like no. it just doesn't. Cause the whole time I'm like, I'm like, just, just have an open mind, just watch the movie. But I'm like, this movie 
kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. So let me tell you, I'll, I'll tell you why it, it was important to me and why I liked mm-hmm. it so much. And then I'll tell you why I still kind of find uh, some enjoyment in it, even yeah. though like I will accept as an adult, it's not the same watching, you know, any movie you really liked when you were a kid, you watch it again as an adult and you're like, oh, right. okay. Um, it's, yeah, it's not the best movie. It's not a great movie, but there are elements of it that I really, really like. I'll get to those in a second. Mm-hmm. The reason I liked it when I was a child was because when I saw this, I don't know how old I was. If it came out in 94, I must have been about 10. So I actually, this surprises me because I thought I was a bit younger when I saw it, but um, I was very, very into animals, like ridiculously into animals. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have a lot of pets at the time, but yeah. I had a lot of pets throughout my life. And I think at this time I had a pet snake maybe, but I loved animals. I didn't know you ever owned a snake. I did. I had a turtle and a snake. Wow. I, I had, a, I had a turtle named Raphael. And I had a snake named Gulliver. That, I did know about your turtle. Yeah. Yeah, I had a snake named Gulliver that uh, one of my science teachers let me take home over the summer, uh, over summer break. And right. she just let me keep him. So I had a, it was a red albino corn snake and I fed him mice. It was great. Anyway, no, not, not what we're talking about right now. But anyway. Um, it's much more compelling than the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I loved animals and I love this movie and I found it very whimsical. And I I didn't, I was not ever one of those girls that was like, oh, I want a pony. Oh, I want a horse. But I just liked all animals kind of equally. And I found like, you have to admit that the horses in this movie are beautiful. Oh my God. Yeah. They're like, athletes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why does that keep popping really bad? Um, probably because Am I too close? You're, you're like, you're getting very loud and it's peaking. So your voice is like yeah. really, it's fairly quiet uh-huh. so i have you turned up a bit okay and so when you get loud like that it it's peaking yeah, okay well so. i apologize dear listener yeah uh, so thank you for working with us during the, these technical if the, difficulties if the mixer was here then i would just mix you down but it's not so okay well i'll try to not um get too excited hey, that's okay that's why we're here we're here to learn together <laughs> <laughs> but anyway yeah so i loved animals i loved horses um in, in addition to everything else and uh, I just, I found the movie and the story to be pretty compelling and I could kind of relate to it. So it, it's it's kind of like almost like your standard hero's tale if it were a horse. Um, Black Beauty is not really a hero, but it is sort of have that sort of U- Ulysses, Odysseus, like the journey back home. So the movie does kind of, the story kind of comes full circle. Like Black Beauty starts off, his young life at this estate with his friends Ginger and Merrylegs, who I already mentioned. And then he kind of goes through a very long, epic journey in his life through other handlers and other owners and just, you know, hardships, but also happy times. And then eventually it comes full circle. And I won't spoil it in case anyone wants to watch it with their kids. But uh, at the end of the movie, he kind of uh, is revisited by a character who... um, was was influential in his life at the beginning of the movie. So um, I, I did like the story a lot when I was a child. But the reason I like it now as an adult is for two reasons. One, the horses are just really beautiful. And I kind of enjoy just watching athletic, beautiful horses run outside. <laughs> like it's just sort of soothing, even though that's kind of silly. The other reason I really like it as an adult and I can really appreciate it is because like Nate said, this movie is from the perspective of the horse and there's a lot of acting that happens not with humans, but just with animals. And so in order to 
convey those emotions and portray those feelings and kind of iterate what what's going on in the horse's heads and in Black Beauty's heads. You know, they had to film the horses in in a certain way and edit it to make it to make the story to drive the story since there was no dialogue. And one way that they did that, I think, masterfully was with the soundtrack. And the soundtrack is very very good and it's it really pulls you into each emotion of the scene and if you're a fan of Danny Elfman then you might like this movie because he did the soundtrack so Danny Elfman obviously is sort of the mastermind behind the music for um a nightmare uh before christmas mm-hmm. and so uh i would say check it out if you are a music lover and you like Danny Elfman's stuff so my final opinion on this movie who's it for who's going to like it um and Nate feel free to add to this or disagree yep. or agree I think if you have small kids, uh, not too small because the movie does require a bit of attention. I would say, you know, kids between the ages of 7 and 10, uh, especially if you have kids that really like animals, definitely check this movie out. Yeah. If you're a full-ass, full-grown-ass man, you know, maybe skip it. <laughs> right. Check out the soundtrack if you're really a music person, but well, yeah. Well, you know, like me, I, I, I realize like how immature maybe I was because <laughs> like, you know, I could, I could feel like, you know, at the end when... Um, um, when Black Beauty um, finds the guy, yeah, he's uh, reunited. Yeah, right, he's reunited with with like one of the original characters or whatever. Um, you know, like it was something that struck you, right? And uh, I, you know, I was like, oh, this fucking movie, like, like, uh, you know, it's really, really stretching it, huh? Like, uh, it's really, and you're you're like, oh, it gets me every time, and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm an asshole. Well, no, I'm just a girl. Like, <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not even that you're an asshole. I was just like, it gets me because I I guess I just can empathize with the character, right? Like, he's been. Mm-hmm. Separated from people he's loved for so long. What and was he, that word you used, real quick? Separated. No, no, empathy. That was the word I was. Thinking yeah, of. yeah, yeah. You, 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 you were saying empathize with the character, mm-hmm. and I was like, I had an, I had like a similar revelation when we were watching the other movie, where you were like, "Why do you like this movie?" Yeah, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm, I'm like not that." great of a person am i (laughs) wait okay i'm kind of shitty (laughs) well so we'll we'll get into this we'll get into this but real quick would you agree that probably if you're a grown-up you can skip it but if you have young kids it's a good movie i mean i don't i don't see any reason why you wouldn't want to you know sit your kids in front of the tv and have them watch it Mm -hmm. um maybe explain to them that a pony and a foal are different yeah yeah maybe you know give them some like rudimentary understanding of animals so they don't go you know 38 years of their life thinking that a fucking pony and a horse are the same animal. Yeah. You're a city boy. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I like, I, I just, now I feel like it's such, there's such revelations that have been made. There's a lot you don't know about animals and nature. Just that, um, not you in general, but you are not you specifically, but you in general, like uh-huh. it reminded me actually when that happened, remind me of a conversation I had with my best friend, Ashley long time ago when we met in college um, I think there was something in the news I had read about how SAT tests and ACT tests were really um, biased towards um, or biased against uh, kids who lived in the city and, and that proportionally tend to be African-American children or disproportionately tend to be African-American children because there were certain vocabulary words in the test in the analogy section that like you wouldn't really know and if you had grown up strictly in the city. And I was saying specifically, I was, I was giving an example that they gave in the, the article to my friend Ashley. And she, I was like, yeah, I mean, like, who's going to know that like what a foal or a colt is? Like, you know, these are like, you know, animal 
horse terms. Right. And I was like, if you've grown up in the middle of the city and Ashley's like, well, I didn't grow up in the country and I knew what those were. And I'm like, well, but yeah. And she's like, no, I knew what they were because I read books with those words in them. Right. And she's like, so like all have people have to do is read books with those words in them and they learn those words. And I'm like, I get your argument, but mm-hmm. like you can't deny that you are, have you had a good chance of reading those words because you liked books, but they're probably not something that's going to be taught in a standard classroom. It's not going to come up that foal is a vocabulary word, right? right? And so I think it's a pretty reasonable thing that you could go this long without knowing that a pony and a foal, or even knowing what a foal was. Uh So anyway, that's just my point. Well, I found found another... another commonality between our two movies. Oh yeah. They're both based off of books. Oh, they are based off of books. That's yeah, a good point. Yeah. So let's roll into um the other movie you watched or we watched that uh-huh. you picked out, Dance with the Devil. Um which I think that was the American title if I remember yeah. correctly. I looked it up online. I think the um international title and the Mexican title because it was a co-production with a with US and Mexico um uh, film companies. But I think the Mexican title was Perdita Durango, which yeah, is the name of the right. main character. And it's based off of a book, series of books called 59 Degrees of Something. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's 59 Degrees and Raining. 59 uh, Degrees and Raining. That sounds let right. See. Let me see here. Um, 59 use, Degrees and Raining. Yeah, yeah the, the story, story of, of Perdita, Perdita Durango. Durango. Yeah, so uh, I guess that's, uh, it's kind of a... Um, like a, a well-known, if not uh, obscure character. Um, you know, it's a character that's kind of kicked around a little bit, and there's a couple of movies with that character in it. But basically, um, from what I understand, like Perdita Durango is kind of like, um, I don't know, kind of like a tough, kind of scary character. Yeah, like a, she's a tough chick. Right. Also, be prepared. We're going to mispronounce um Hispanic names and words because we're basic white bitches from the Midwest. Also be prepared. Um, for those of you that have never seen Perdita Durango dance with the devil, um, this might not be the movie for you. Um, and I'll I'll get into that a little bit because maybe I'll get into it. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll, (laughs) I'll let you get into it. But first, um, this is a movie that I discovered. Um, I was probably 17 or 18 years old. And so, oh, so you probably saw it around the time it came yeah, out. Yeah, around the time that it came out. Because um, I believe this movie probably, like, if you watch it, you'll understand why. Uh, but basically, it's, I believe, like a straight-to-video movie. I don't think it broke out into too many um, theaters, uh, too many markets in the theaters uh, here in the U.S. So did you um, see it on video? I saw it on Cinemax, actually. Oh. Yeah, so I was spending the night at somebody's house. I don't remember whose, but I was laying on the couch, and it was, like, really late in the morning. And I'm like flipping through the channels and then um, I kind of joined this movie in progress. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, what is this? It just seemed like it immediately kind of struck me. And um, yeah, I watched it and I couldn't stop watching it. Um, It it is heavy in gallows humor. We'll just put it that way. Yeah, it's heavy in gallows humor, but it's also um, it's gritty in like a macabre humor sort of humor. Like it's 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 weird. I can't describe it. Yeah. So um, first and foremost, um, what I said when when I mentioned that it's probably not for everybody, there's a couple of reasons for that. One is the production value. Um, You're not going to be able to find a copy of this on Mm -hmm. Blu-ray. As far as I know, you'll have a very difficult time finding a copy of it on DVD. um, And you're certainly not going to find it on any streaming service. In fact, 
you'll probably have a difficult time just finding stuff on Google about it. Um, it's not a really well-known movie. It's pretty obscure. Um, I, I was able to find a copy of it on DVD and it came in a four um, DVD, a four movie set. Um, so like I had to look for the right thing to find the movie in. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you can get it. It's not impossible to get, and it's really not that expensive. You just, you have to look for it. You have yeah. to put in work to get it. Yeah. And um, it's, um, so it, it was probably, uh, when it came out, it had a lot of people who were unknowns at the time, but are now sort of big name actors. So, um, except Rosie Perez stars as Perdita Durango and she is, um, you know, she's like the main character of the movies, and she was well known in '97. Um, but less well known in the U.S. anyway was um, Javier Bardem. He also is in one of the main characters, stars in the movie, and then James Gandolfini, who played Tony Soprano. Yeah, so, so was in the movie. Those actors being in it, most people are probably like, "Wait a minute! Like this movie's got James Gandolfini and Javier Bardem and Rosie Perez. Like, yeah. why isn't this movie everywhere?" Well, that brings me to the second reason why it might not be for you. And that's because it's really incredibly violent yeah. and it's got lots of like graphic sexual content, including rape and um, lots of um, allusions to other um, unnatural sex acts. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's one of those things where it's a it's a really kind of a fucked up movie. It is. And it's it's the thing that makes it so bizarre is that I, I feel like there are lots of very, very violent movies. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously look at all the Quentin Tarantino movies that came out around this time. They're incredibly violent. And some of them even deal with rape. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something about the way this movie handles violence and rape and the macabre and mm-hmm. and, and, and like dead bodies and, yeah. and the profane that's so flippant it that is, I think that's yeah. what makes it very shocking. It is casually insensitive. Yeah, it's very casually insensitive. Even like, you know, you take any other violent movie from the 90s or from today that deals with some of, that has some of those elements in it. And like, you know, like violence can be very brutal and like rape and and, and unwanted seduction is very like brutal and violent. And this, it's almost like humorous and funny. Like, haha, look what we're doing. Like, right. and, and that's that's what's unsettling is that, it's almost like um, this movie was made for the sense of humor of a serial killer <laughs> if it was possible for them to have a sense of humor. No, see, I, I uh, when I was rewatching this, like I haven't seen this movie in a number of years, right? This was a movie that obviously in my teenage years, I was like, oh man, this movie kicks ass. Like I love this movie. And I do still like a great deal of this movie. Right. But there's a term that I've I've heard used on the internet and- um, I don't normally use it because I don't believe in it, but but watching this movie, this term came to mind, and that term is edgelord. Yeah. <laughs> like it's ve- it, like it's it's very much like this is edgy and kind of a little disgusting mm-hmm. and a little um it doesn't leave much to the imagination. And it's kind of done, I feel like, on purpose and with the intention of sort of pushing the line. Yeah. Only to push the line. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Like there's nothing, there's, there's like zero redeeming qualities in any of the characters. Yeah. Any of the characters. Right. With Mm -hmm. the exception of, of maybe James Gandolfini's character, but like, he's almost like turned into like a comical. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he's he's like like a clown. Right. Right. Yeah. He's like the cop that's like chasing down these, these two main characters who are, 
it's it's kind of like natural born killers. Yeah, that's if what you, I was gonna say. If you didn't, if like you couldn't, there's no there's no redeeming qualities. There's no emotional. Right, right. It's like if you took away the like um, artistic drama of natural born killers. And was, you know, and we're left with something very stripped down. That's kind of similar to this movie. So just really quickly, I'll give you like a, a summary of the plot. So basically, um, <clears throat> in the beginning of the movie, you meet Perdita Durango. It's a little unclear what's going on with her, but she's just recently got back from visiting with a family. Um, and then she's arriving. So the whole the whole movie takes place like around the uh, Mexico border. Um, probably the, the Texas-Mexico border, I think, but I'm not positive on that. It could be anywhere else along the U.S.-Mexico border. Um, and she meets, uh, through circumstance, Javier Bardem's character, who is, his name is Romeo uh, Dolorosa, or Rom- Romeo pretty much throughout the most of the movie. And he is um, like a, a a priest of Santeria or voodoo. That was also unclear to me. I don't know much about the similarities and differences of them, but he's involved in some incredibly, not only is he involved in crime, like some, there's some bank robbing and some other, you know, heists that we find out that he's involved in, but he's also like a very serious practitioner of um, like this religion, whether it's Santeria or voodoo, it's, I'm, I'm unclear. It probably, I've, in the books, it, it probably is very clear what it is. But there is a lot of um, just kind of creepy stuff that happens along with that. Like, for example, there's a scene where um, he's performing a ritual, and there is an incredibly, incredibly realistic naked male cadaver. Um, now it, it's possible that it could have been a, um, like a, a person or it could have been Is like a, a bee? no, I think it's a June bug. Anyway, okay. it's possible that it could have been a person, um, or like a dummy or something, but it looked real. It looked like a real dead body. Um, even as, even going so far as to have the, the stitches down the center of the chest where they had done an autopsy. Um, so that was like, I was like, oh gosh, that looks real. That looks like a real dead body. Um, and then there's another part where, um, there's just, there's a lot of, of, um, there's a lot of like, you know, corpse pieces around, um, throughout the movie and like probably the most disturbing part, both in the, it happened, but then also in the way it was treated was that at some point there are these two characters who are being held against their will in the movie and they're both raped simultaneously. Um, but one is raped by Javier Bardem's character, Romeo, and the other one is raped by Perdita, Rosie Perez's character. And it's like the girl is being raped in the other room. And then it's like these two main characters are a couple. The girl is being raped in one room by Javier Bardem's character. And like Perdita gets kind of like jealous. So she starts like seducing this this guy and he's not into it but you know he anyway you know gets aroused because she you know she's holding a gun to his head and, and at the same time she's like you know you know touching him right, and right. grinding on top did of you, him did and you notice that the words on the girl's t-shirt no it said rape me did it really yeah on her t-shirt yes Oh, I didn't notice that. I wasn't paying that close attention no, to the movie. I, I, I was mostly just appalled by what I was watching. <laughs> right, right, no, um, that's, that's fair. So, I, but, but I think the thing is, is like, so, 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 both main characters are are raping two two individuals, 
uh, who are being held against their will. But it's not like it's being treated like, oh, this is a horrible thing. Like, it's just being treated like it's comedy. And that's, I think, the most disturbing thing about it. Um, And, uh, like, some parts of this movie and, like, reminded me a little bit of, like, The Devil's Rejects. Yeah. Um, where there are these, like, horribly shocking people doing, like, awful things, and it's a little torture porny. This movie's not torture porn, and this movie doesn't, like, necessarily glorify violence and terror in the way those movies do as horror movies. Yeah. And I don't even know if I'd call this movie a horror movie, but it's like, it's almost like you're watching the movie through the whimsical eyes of the very demented minds of these two main characters. Right, like, this movie, this movie's a crime drama. Like yeah, that, that's what this movie is. This movie's like it is very much like pulp fictiony, like you'd mentioned that earlier. And 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 I don't mean that like yeah. in how it's how well it's written or how well it's structured. But no. I mean, I mean like like if you gave Mister Blonde his own movie, right? Mister <laughs> Blonde is Michael Madsen's character in Reservoir Dogs, right? Right. He's the guy that cuts the ear off and pours the gasoline on the cop, and he's mm-hmm. like, I don't care what information you know, I I just enjoy torturing a cop right and the in the view of the movie the 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 tone of the movie is very legitimately from his perspective then yeah then you would have something similar to this so it's like the tone like the delight that they take in these acts that they're having that's what i think the director and the writer wanted the audience to feel was like the delight of all of this but then it's hard for like you to it's hard for the viewer to separate yourself from like these atrocities and just kind of go along with it uh, which I think makes it really, really different from other movies that are mm-hmm. similar to this that I've seen. Um, so I didn't like it, but <laughs> that was like the the rape is like okay, that was like that was like a little surprising, but it wasn't the worst thing in the movie. Um, there wasn't really like one worst thing that I just felt so shocking or appalling. I think the reason I didn't like it was because it just wasn't very good. Um, so on on Wikipedia, they they are um, they talk about how it was um, inspired by the by Magdalena Solis, mm-hmm. um, also known as the High Priestess of Blood, who was a serial killer and a member of a Mexican cult responsible for orchestrating several murders, which involved the drinking of the victim's blood. She was convicted of two of the murders and sentenced to 50 years in prison. So if you know anything about that, yeah. um, that's, that's kind of like it's, it has like, it's inspired by, um, kind of like that, um, like mythological Mexican sort of blood God thing, yeah. right? Like it, it's, it's supposed to be like Santeria, but it's really obviously not. It's supposed to be like voodoo, but it's obviously not. Right. And, and it's just like, it's, it's, written from a perspective that was very darkly humorous. Yeah. And when I was 17 or 18 years old, you know, to me it was like, that was really entertaining and really funny watching it again at 38 and like seeing those scenes. I was like, Oh, this doesn't like, this doesn't hold up. (laughs) The other thing too, um, that can be a bit of a turnoff. I was under the impression it was like a low budget film. I don't think it's a low budget film. I just think it was filmed in 1994 and it's never gotten like sort it came of out in 97 or yeah. 97 yeah. rather and it's never really gotten an update and it kind of looks like shit and also a lot of the characters um like javier bardem for example his english is not great um, I, I, mean, I don't know if his english isn't great but he has a really thick accent yeah and i don't know if that's put on for the character or if that's right. actually his that's, accent. that's what i mean yeah. like like the character's english is not great and yeah. he speaks very quickly mm-hmm. and um, a lot of the characters are overdubbed, 
and the dubbing is not great. <laughs> oh, the dubbing is terrible. Yeah, like it's it's bad. And like it's when it's not like we're watching a movie that was filmed and recorded in Spanish and then dubbed in English. Like there are parts where you know, white people who speak English in the movie are speaking English and they overdubbed it and the dubbing's terrible. So it's just like the production quality is is not great. I think the reason why I didn't like it was because it didn't have a very good flow. Um, it, it was a little choppy. There were parts of it that really didn't like, you had to you were like, wait, what just happened? I think there were some unnecessary elements in there that didn't add much to the story. And I'm not talking about horrific things. I think there's just like a couple side, you know, one-offs that I'm like, why had that? Why did I just see that? It doesn't make sense. Um, I didn't hate it. I wouldn't watch it again. <laughs> and I would not, I would only, there's only one group of people who I would recommend it to, to go seek out and find. Um, and that is specifically people who play Vampire the Masquerade and want to play a setite and want to do it well. If you watch this movie, I think these are these two main characters, Romeo and Perdita, are excellent examples of setites um, that you could base your character around. Everybody else, you can skip it. Um, but you know, I mean, I probably won't watch it again. Wouldn't doesn't come highly recommended by me. Um, I would uh, I would recommend it to people who. Um um, who would I recommend it to? Um, very few people, actually. I feel like you you have to go into this movie. Um, it's a bit long as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit long. long. Yeah, um, it's it's hard to say. Um, I would say if you're into first and foremost, if you're into like exploitation films, if you're into like violent crime movies, and if you have a really fucked up dark sense of humor, you should certainly see this movie. Um, if you if you don't meet those criteria. And you've heard this podcast up to now and you're like, oh, I might like enjoy that. But like some of the sexual things they described wouldn't appeal to me. Just don't watch the movie. You're not missing. You're literally not missing anything. Yeah. Um, this is one of those movies that I'm not going to say I'm sorry for liking, but I kind of feel like I should. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think it reflects poorly on you as a person that you like it. I think, you know, um, it's a it's a dark fantasy, right? It's based on a book. Uh, we can't help but be intrigued mm -hmm. by the aberrant behavior of others, right? You know, we can't look away sometimes, and I think that 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 this movie can, um, kind of provide that level of entertainment for people who are interested in being entertained. Um, I don't know, like I just I think there there are any number of similar type movies that are probably better that if you wanted to watch, you could watch, mm -hmm. you know? Well, I, I'll tell you this. Uh, if you're, um, uh, if you're into, um, so there's a movie called, uh, I think it's called mutant action. Um, I only know the Spanish name. It's like Asion mutante. It's, uh, it's another pretty fucked up. Like it's a sci-fi black comedy. Uh, it was directed by the same person. Mm -hmm. So if that's a movie that you've seen and you want to see more by this director, What's his um, name? Like Alex de la Iglesia? I believe so. Yeah. 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 Um, if you want to see more movies by that guy. And also if you're like, oh, I wonder what it was like to see Javier Bardem. Because honestly, I feel like acting wise, he did a really great he job. Actually. Yeah. Sorry. He did a really, really good job. It, I, the acting in this movie wasn't bad. It was more just like the some of the writing wasn't good and some of the 
way things kind of came together, you know, could, could could have been improved. But the acting was really, really good. And also Javier Bardem has like a powerful mullet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the best mullet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that was probably his first English speaking role. Um, cause he definitely did movies before this, mm-hmm. but, um, they're, they all look to be Spanish films. So, you know, if you want to see the first English speaking role, um, go check it out. And we, we were kind of curious, like, what are some of the other movies that he has been in? Um, a lot. Yeah. He's yeah. been in a ton, a ton of stuff. I think probably the first time I saw him and like knew his name was from no country for old men, but he's been in a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, he was in collateral. Yeah. So that, um, so I remember I was telling you, I was like, he's been in a bunch of movies that like are, are more serious because mm-hmm. he's a pretty serious actor. This is the one I was thinking of love in the time of cholera. Oh yeah. That's, that's the one that I was thinking of. Cause that's the one that came out before no country for old men. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to think of like anything else that I've seen him in, maybe like eat, pray, love. I don't know. Skyfall. Skyfall. You mentioned Skyfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The counselor. Yeah. I mean, he's a fantastic actor. You guys don't need us to tell you that. No. And I won't say like a lot of times, you know, people say that oh, I didn't like this because of X, Y, and Z reasons. Um, and sometimes one of those reasons is because it sucked and because it wasn't a good movie. <sighs> I can legitimately say that this is not a great movie. <laughs> That's not the reason I didn't like it. The reason I didn't like it is because it's just, it didn't speak to me and I wasn't consistently entertained. Like if I get, so I felt like full disclosure, we watched it. I fell asleep halfway through. I think that was mostly because of my food baby from Chipotle Uh and the hour of jujitsu I did followed by the one mile run and then like add the Chipotle on top of that. And I was not about to stay awake. Well, you know, like I knew sometimes when you introduce a movie to somebody, especially if you're like into kind of like more fucked up exploitation type horror movies and stuff like that, you know, like if I was going to bring you dead alive and be like, watch dead alive with me. I'm going to know within like 10 or 15 minutes, whether or not this is the kind of movie for you. Mm-hmm. One indicator is if you fall asleep. Yeah, I fell asleep, but I, I won't blame that on the movie. I really think that was food and exercise induced, but like, I understand. I, I tonight we, we watched, we finished watching it and like, I was disappointed to see we, I still had like an hour and 15 minutes left to go over the movie. She's like, how I, much longer do we have? And yeah. I was like, oh, like most of the movie. Yeah. And I, I was like, okay, well. To me, when right. I, to me, when I watch that movie, mm-hmm. you, you're like, it's not really well written and it's long. To me, when I watch it, I'm like, oh, this movie is perfectly paced. Like this, there's no, <laughs> there's no dead time in it. Like I'm, I'm totally engaged. I want to know what's going to happen next. And yeah. I'm just checking out the moment it and you know it's and, a lot of boobies too right there are a lot of boobs you know whatever it's not it's some uh, of them aren't all that appealing to look at though they're very plastic mm-hmm. yeah, yeah lots of lots of there's bank robbery with a with a luchador mask um yeah yeah well so yeah it's just good to know mm-hmm. that uh you know we don't we don't like everything that the other one likes no. and we maybe don't even like it the same way we thought we did no. upon yeah. subsequent yeah. viewings right yeah it's not so. for everyone so yeah. Um, well, anyways, I, I appreciate you watching the movie with me. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing it with me. I mean, I never would have found out about it had no, it not been for never, you. Never, never. And, um, you know, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Like, I don't know. I All think right. I've said everything I need yeah, to say. So, so, um, <laughs> see, these movies are dope. <laughs> yeah. It's totally up there, to you. There, there's a very specific, for each of these movies, there's a very specific audience for both of them. Mm-hmm. If you're not in that audience, you're probably not going to enjoy it. Definitely. 
definitely do not show Dance with the Devil to your parents. No. This or is your, not or a your children. Or your children. Right. This is not a holiday get together movie. You know, maybe with like your creepy cousin that you see once or twice a year, but not mom and dad. Okay, so um, what do we got coming up in our next episode? So in our next episode, um, let me consult. Consult with the grimoire. Let this weekend, consult. we're we're uh, we're going. Actually, we're going and taking a little trip to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see some bands play, but I don't I don't know that that's necessarily tied to our podcast. I, no, I don't think we're going to be talking about that unless we get a request. So we're going to go see a couple bands. One of them is Zealand Ardor. The other one is Baroness. Uh, the other one I can't remember because we don't really care about it, but I'm sure it's they're going to be great they're, too. Yeah, they're called Deaf Heaven, I believe, and Death. I think Deaf Death Deaf 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 Unable to Hear oh, okay. Heaven. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, you know, I've never so, I've never heard them, and I, like I got to a point where I was like, you know what, the show's in like two weeks. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm not going to prep for it. There's no there's no pre- preparation. Um, so if you guys want to kind of hear our review of that concert, uh, hit us up on Twitter and let us know, and we'll chat about it a little bit on the next podcast. But the next podcast that we're going to talk about is Bruges-related. So there's the movie In Bruges, uh-huh. which Nate is a big fan of, yeah. and I have never seen. And there's a local restaurant called Bruges that specializes in Belgian cuisine and Belgian beers and all kinds of very yummy uh, foods. And so we're going to watch that movie and we're going to go to that restaurant and we're going to get super fat. And then we're going to tell you guys all about our experience. Yep. All right. Sounds great. I actually can't wait. And I'm like, this is, it's another crime drama movie. I yeah. Don't, it's and definitely I th- not. I, I don't have anything against crime dramas. I just more have uh, things against, you know, weird occult rapey yeah, movies. Yeah. No, I got it. I got it. I definitely got it. Yeah. I, I completely forgot about that scene. And then I was just like, oh, oh yeah, I don't really, you know, and well, and that's another thing. Like the whole movie is like. Anyways, it's an obscure movie, and um, you know, some of you can do well just to avoid it. Right. Um, others, you know who you are. You sick fucks, go watch it. Yeah. So, uh, Bruges, we're yep. gonna eat some yummy food, and we're gonna watch another kind of fun, more. F- I probably think probably a better crime drama. Oh, it, Colin it is Farrell? a. It is a better. Yeah, it is a better. It is a better movie. Yeah, yeah. much you'll, better. You'll movie. like it. You'll yeah, I remember it. when it came out in theaters, and I saw like previews and stuff. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. We got anything else? No, that's it. Yeah. Um, two weeks from now, we're going to Washington, D.C., and uh, that'll be another thing yeah. we'll talk about we'll maybe on probably, some other podcast. You know, hang out for nerd words on that one because yeah, yeah. we're going for yeah. a LARP. So if you guys don't know, um, we do another podcast. It's called Nerd Words. I do it with my former roommate, other co-host, blah, 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 blah. But, um, you know, Rachel and I live together, and, you know, it's a lot of times we do all three of us. So, you know, if you want to hear her, I, and another person, Check that podcast out right. or, you know, don't just stick to this one. Yeah. That one works too. And we really appreciate you guys uh, interacting with us on Twitter um, and uh, jump on the Discord. If you go to the website, you can find the Discord link to the Discord there, I believe, yeah. um, for the Utility Muffin Labs Discord. After the last podcast when we talked about Flogging Molly and Lords of Chaos, there's actually a couple people who gave me some pretty solid music recommendations. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, to, to get, um, you know, carving out some time to listen to some of those bands. So again, thanks everyone. Thank you, Nathan. Of course. My pleasure as always. Uh, thank you guys for listening until next time. Uh, go play some hooky. Bye. Hey folks, this is Rachel from utilitymuffinlabs.com. 
you enjoyed the Playing Hooky podcast, think about supporting us. For more podcasts, art, videos, and gaming, go to utilitymuffinlabs.com. Follow our podcast on Twitter, at Hooky Podcast, on Instagram and Facebook at our Utility Muffin Labs name, and support us on YouTube at Utility Muffin Labs. Check out our other gaming-related podcasts, 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade and the Nerd Words Podcast. Thank you all for your support. Utility Muffin Labs, consistently rated adequate.